0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke, Glory to you, Lord Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As Jesus stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him for a long time. He had worn no clothes and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs when he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice. What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with them. But Jesus sent him away saying return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Holy life. Sacred power, healing source, breathe new life into us. Revive those parts of us buried in the tombs, and give us courage to share our stories. Amen. Amen. Our gospel lesson today picks up right after the story of when Jesus is in the middle of Lake Gennesaret with his disciples. And they're in the boat, and a storm comes up. And the storm is so violent that the disciples think they're going to die, and Jesus is just asleep in the back of the boat. So they get nervous and they wake Jesus up, and Jesus wakes up and he rebukes the wind and the waves, and he rebukes the disciples, asking them if they have such little faith. And after that, they continue on their journey across the lake, and they arrive at the other side of the lake where we encounter a different storm. A storm raging inside of a man. Our scriptures tell us that this man is a man of the city. He probably had a house. He engaged in business. He probably had family. He probably did things every day, sort of like the things that you and I do. But no longer was he in the city, but in the graveyard. He was naked, not wearing clothes. I imagine he had unkempt hair, a long beard. Perhaps he was covered in dirt or mud and there were bruises on his body and maybe lesions. No longer a man of the city, that part of his life had died. Francois Bovon writes that that he lives among the graves indicates that he is closer to the dead than the living his whole life had been changed because of these evil spirits living inside of him people tried to bind him people tried to control him they tried to put shackles and chains around him but he broke those chains and ran throughout the countryside tormented by the evil things inside of him Nothing could hold this madness, this legion. So Jesus steps off of the boat, and the man comes running up to Jesus and asks him not to torment him. The demons recognize that they are standing in front of a person of power. They know that God in human flesh is right there among them, and they are terrified. So Jesus asks them their name, and they say, we are legion. For they were many. Then they asked Jesus. They asked him a strange request. They say, Jesus, let us go into the swine over there. I think part of this is is that they had taken this man who was a pure and loving creation of God. And they had made him impure. And the pigs were ritually impure. They were unclean. And the spirits were unclean. So maybe they were thinking they found a loophole that if they went into the pigs, then they would be okay and not sent to the abyss. So Jesus grants them their request they go into the pigs the pigs run off the hillside and drown into the lake and the demons are sent back into the abyss. This is quite a fantastic story something I don't think you and I will ever see in our lives at least I hope I don't and so it leaves me with this question and this wondering what do pigs and demons and graveyards have to do with us today right here right now in Concord on this Sunday morning last year I served as a chaplain at Boston Medical Center and over the summer we would have to take on call nights and I always dreaded my on-call nights because I never knew what was going to happen and I remember one night towards the end of the summer I made it through a whole night and I didn't get called in and my pager went off at 630 in the morning and Maybe as some of you know, when when, when my supervisor, or the other chaplains would come in, they would take their pager off of mine, and I would get a little beep saying, you are no longer covering for so-and-so. So I was like, my, my supervisor's in really early this morning, and I'm like, let me check it again, and it said, please call the psych ED. Well, that's not what I was looking forward to first thing in the morning, but I gave them a call, and the nurse who paged me picked up the phone, and she said, Christopher, we have somebody here who is saying that she is possessed by demons and we want you to come in. So my head goes racing. I have no idea what to do for a person who says they're possessed by demons. I'm praying that they don't want me to do an exorcism. And I just take a deep breath. I put on my chaplain's voice and I say, yes, I will be right there. So I got in the car. I showed up. In the meantime, the shift had changed and I was greeted by... A new nurse who said, I don't know why they asked you to come. It's not like you can do anything. Not the welcoming words that I had hoped for. And (laughs) making me all the more nervous. So the doctor comes over and talks to me. and, And she explains the situation. And there's a young woman who's from Central America. And she and her husband immigrated to the United States. And this woman has not slept for over 38 hours. She's not eating. She's not drinking and she's talking about having demons inside of her and they really don't know what to do and she wants to talk to somebody who understands. So I say to the doctor, now you understand all we do is kind of like deep listening and like non-anxious presence. The doctor said yes and I said okay. So I went in with a translator and the room was stark and antiseptic and here was this woman and I was surprised because she was a couple years younger than I am her husband was in a chair asleep and I started talking to her and as we started in our conversations she told me there was this evil thing that was gripping her heart this evil thing inside of her and she was afraid she was terrified that this evil thing was traveling up into her head That it might come out. That it might hurt those around her. That it might hurt her children. That it might hurt herself. That it might hurt her husband. This evil thing that had killed parts of her life. She no longer could be the mother that she wanted to be. This evil thing had stopped her from working. She could no longer be the provider for her family that she wanted to be. Parts of her life were dead because of this. And as I listened to her story and she told me about life in Central America and the terrible things that had gone on there, the violence, the crimes committed against her, I was thinking, what a metaphor for trauma. And as I talked to my supervisor afterwards, we were talking about how this woman had experienced horrific events and her focus was just on getting to someplace safe. And once she reached that place safe and things were calming down and her children were in school, how this trauma was starting to resurface. How it was starting to come up to her head and she was so scared that when it did, she would actually have to face those horrible and dark things. Now, I'm not trying to say that Demon possession in antiquity was just mental illness. And I'm definitely not trying to say that mental illness is demon possession. But our internal struggles, the struggles each and every one of us go through. And at times things outside of our control affect us deeply can leave us feeling like the man in the graveyard. Sometimes we are hurt so badly that parts of us die. Maybe it's in relationships, relationships with friends or co-workers when we trust other people and that trust is violated. Maybe that part of us that seeks out friendship and community dies a little bit. Our relationships with our families or our spouses. Maybe it's dreams. Maybe we have good and holy dreams, good Good dreams of being financially secure or dreams for our children that never come to fruition for some reason or other. And the part of us that hopes is dimmed. Or maybe we have experienced traumatic events in our lives, things outside of our control that have hurt us and have damaged us. And we take those things and we try to put them in chains. We try to bind them and bury them in the deepest, darkest tomb of our soul. And it's these parts, this legion of wounds inside of us, These are exactly the places that Jesus comes to. Like the widow's son we read about two weeks ago, Jesus comes to these parts and breathes new life into them and resurrects them. Jesus wants to break the shackles that bind us. We have to notice in our scripture lesson today how Jesus actually performed the exorcism. Now, I don't know a lot about exorcisms, and I assume many of you don't, and perhaps our only frame of reference is the movie The Exorcist. So, but in antiquity, it was kind of the same thing. There were props, there were right things to say, there was often violent shaking. But in our story today, there's none of that. Just like Elijah didn't find God in the whirlwind, or in the fire, or in the storm, Jesus doesn't employ anything like that. It is simply the silence of his presence that makes the demons ask to leave. And this is what we have to do. We have to open ourselves to the presence of Christ, to the healing of Bomb to these parts of our souls in a couple minutes we will gather around this sacred table and we will take bread that is body and wine that is blood in the presence of jesus will fill us and that is where the miraculous healing begins but it's not always easy it's not always easy to open these parts of our life to god Sometimes there are things that we don't want to look at and we can be afraid, afraid like the people in our story were afraid. It seems a funny response to a casting out of demons. There's no awe. There's no wonder. It's terrifying fear. And perhaps this fear is just at the raw power of God, or maybe it is the swineherds who realize that, they have lost their economic status because their whole, their whole pigs had just died. But whatever it is, people knew that once they came in contact with Jesus, their life would be forever changed. And change can be scary and can be difficult. And we have to wonder why Jesus said no to this man, you cannot follow me. And I think part of the reason is that Jesus had compassion on this fear. People had only seen the pigs jumping off of a cliff. I think that would be scary for me as well. And so Jesus tells this man, go tell your story, complete the miracle, spread this healing throughout the countryside. It is in the sharing of the good news that the miracle is complete. And that is where this table calls us to, outside of these four walls. It is in the sharing of our own stories with each other that our healing continues. When we hear other people's stories that resonate with ours, we know that we are not alone. We can offer people comfort because we understand part of what they're going through. And I'm not talking about standing on a corner and yelling at strangers. Because I think in some ways that's easier to do. It's actually in the intimate relationships of the everydayness of our lives. It is in this telling that we spread the miracle into the world around us. It's in this telling that we begin to tear down the chains and shackles of our own lives and of those of others. It is in this telling that we become more truly the followers of Christ. Amen.